Checkity check, 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 check one. All right. Thought I was having audio issues, but it seems to be fixed. And we're back. Hi, show episode 296. I don't know why I'm why am I talking like that. Come on, people. It's Friday, the 25th day of September. Oh, it's almost high noon. It's uh, 11.59 and 33 seconds here in the a.m. Eastern Standard Time broadcasting from the friendly confines of my home office recording studio here in Parts Unknown, South Jersey on a lovely early fall day. Could be even a little cooler in my, in my book. And uh, we're talking about Bong Joon-ho's uh, first film today. Now... Bong Joon-ho. You know him, you love him. Parasite. Uh, you know, what household in time. Uh, that he's not, uh, you know, is... That's... Um, think about that. Uh, but... <clears throat> and I, I've reviewed, actually, his last... His, his, his most recent three films. Kind of... And so I didn't know what to do about, you know, I've been trying to do these director focus um, reviews that I have in that I've been working on forever, it seems like, uh, for the next two coming out. Um, Peter Greenaway and Kelly Reichert will be the first two kind of retrospective directors I take on. But then I was thinking, like, you know, how does the show function when like one of these guys makes a new movie or in, in just how does how do I go about doing the show? the way I've done it where it's just, just me pressing record and not really being prepared for anything and just kind of yapping and yapping and yapping and so forth. And I don't have a great answer for that question because I feel like I want to change the format of the show. And I've talked about this ad nauseum on recent episodes about how I want it to be more profesh. I want there to be like a YouTube element with some video essay type of, uh, you know, make it more of like a video essay. It could also be, I think, that could also work as in the audio audio medium, I hope. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And the future is unwritten, and I don't know exactly how well it's going to uh, uh, work. Um, but that's what... Um, that's how I've just decided to go about doing this. But here, but so I've already reviewed two of this, two of the three. Sorry, this is this will be the fourth review of a Bong Joon Ho uh, motion picture that I've reviewed. So I had this kind of question in my mind, like, well, how do I go about um, someone like this who's certainly worthy of the director focus uh, angle and and uh, re- reviews, and and do I wait and and kind of reassess all of his movies in one one long thing, or do I? <laughs> or do I do I wait do I wait? Um so I, I I'm still torn about it, but I feel like since I've already started to review his his movies, um I'm going to just keep uh reviewing them a little bit on the off the cuff here or way that I have been doing. Does that make sense? There are there is this film, Barking Dogs Never Bite, and then there's three other films uh that I have not seen yet. Memories of Murder. The host and mother. I believe those are all uh, those are all South Korean. Uh, yeah, they are. They are all South, in, uh, South Korean. Snowpiercer was his first English kind of language uh, production. And um, 
It was one of my early reviews too on uh, Snowpiercer when I started the show way back when, 2014. Um, so, you know, I want I want to give it, I want to give him like the whole like the whole big uh, career retrospective, but I also have already been kind of in reviewing his films in this format. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't know exactly how the show's going to look after episode 300. I've I've been mulling it over, and I only know that uh, today's episode is going to be a, a two-parter, as they've all have been recently, and uh, we're going to talk about Barking Dogs Never Bite, 2000 independent dark comedy. Well, is it a comedy? Uh, I'm not so sure, uh, it, uh, but we'll talk about that, and then in the second half of this will be a, a Sam Peckinpah movie called Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. That'll be that'll be uh, part two of this episode. Two ninety six. Wait, is it two ninety six or two ninety seven? Oh boy, two ninety six. Yes, got it written down right here. Um. All right, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Barking dogs never bite. Two thousand indie film from I will say the one of the masters, Bong Joon Ho. He wrote this, co-wrote the script, directed it. And um, shot it. Uh, let's see where it was. Where it was shot in. Um, so basically, like a city apartment complex. It is a great. It's a really good movie, and it's a great. I don't think it's like a. It certainly it speaks to what's yet to come. From Mister uh, Bon Joon Ho, but it um. It's certainly really enjoyable, and I, I, I liked it a lot. It was one of these films that kind of came together in the end, I think, for me. Uh, it started off a little bit. I, I kind of was, like, tonally trying to get my footing. I was like, is this kind of supposed to be, like, in a over-the-top slapsticky kind of really super dark com- uh, comedy? Uh, but I think it has a heart to it, too. So, I mean, I, 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 I kind of would... Um, I, I I would I would I would uh, I would contest that it's not I would I would that's more of like a dramedy like a dramedy and I know it's, just, it's not really it's not that's not really the, I guess this is a hard one genre wise to fit in for me because it's not I guess it is just like a dark comedy I guess it would just fit into the comedy umbrella I've been trying to narrow down movies into one genre for my website uh, the movie review show dot blogspot dot com but I I have been I've been having a much harder time that. Especially with some of the old archival ones that I've been going back. Uh, for instance, which one did I have? Just that couldn't. Oh, Scanners. Is that a horror film or a sci-fi film? If you had to, if you had to only pick one, I went sci-fi. Debatable. Um, I haven't seen it in a while though, so maybe it's clearer than I, I remember it. Uh, I just think of Cronenberg and I think horror first, and uh, but that one I feel like maybe is more sci-fi. Anyway, that's that is truly neither here nor there. I guess there'll be more mild spoilers here. I'll just talk about a little bit about the plot. It's about a man who's sort of an unemployed uh, uh, scholarly uh, fellow who's trying to get into the um, uh, professor game. He's trying to get a professorship at the collegiate level, and he's having a trouble with that. So he's just basically an unemployed kind of loser guy. And right off the bat, it starts off, and he... Um, you know, you don't really know much about this guy, but he does a bold thing right off the get right to the get go. He uh, attempts to kill a dog, and um, it's very bizarre and very kind of like okay, he's 
taking this dog, and you knew there was. Gonna, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. So he's he hears a dog barking. It's like driving him nuts. He's kind of this kind of sad Zach fella, and he uh, he takes the dog up to the roof. But there's an old lady up there, and uh, this begins the kind of uh, uh, kind of rotating doors of characters that we see, like that 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 come and go, and the the old lady being one. And uh, this guy being our main character takes the dog up to the roof, but he can't throw. He's, he's going to throw it off the roof. But the old lady there, he, he has second thoughts. He can't do it in front of her. So he um, takes the dog to the basement and locks it in a cupboard. And from there, it, things kind of just kind of get wackier. And, and, and there's, a, there's a dog-eating janitor character who, who, who tries to cook, cook this dog, this dead dog. And the, there's, there's a uh, title card at the beginning of this that says no animals were harmed in the, in the filming of this this uh, this movie. And I honestly, they they abuse some dogs in this movie. There's no and and they they use what appear to be actual dead dogs uh, on camera. Uh, I of course as as I normally do, I didn't do any research into this um, into the filming of this. Um, it I, it's, it seems like they're real. Uh, really, um, using these like dogs, and they're kind of abusing them a little, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, not like you know, a, a lot of times they'll like they're little. These like most of the dogs in the film. There's multiple dogs, are these little little shit dogs, and they get pulled up by uh, multiple characters. Pull them up by the leash, so they're kind of like hang dangling by their neck, like the actual actual dogs. And then there's like a CGI dog falling from a roof at one point. Uh, very interesting. Um choices and uh there's there's a you know there, there's coming at this from the western angle too the idea of eating the dogs is um one that i don't know if it, the sentiment of that is sort of like to me is a bit lost in translation um because the character is horrified when he sees the janitor eating the or trying attempting to cook the dog but there's also like i don't know, I don't know if they're playing with any of those tropes about asian people eating dogs i, I don't really know uh, there's a, there's there's a crazier character in the basement too, um, uh, who's like a homeless man who's like even even more insane than the janitor. Uh, he comes into play uh, at the at the end, uh, big time. I don't want to give too much away because I feel like this is a movie that is been underseen and and should deserves to be seen. Uh, but there's the, so 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 going you know re- reminded me of a, a of an old school kind of film that you don't see a lot anymore where where uh I, f- I feel like you don't i mean i feel like it was kind of like a, in the 90s it's an earlier way and all in, you know throughout film history and but, but into the 90s you saw this kind of rotating door of characters who don't really um and i've noticed it in asian films as, as in more modern asian films um uh, as, as, uh, one one that comes to mind is an elephant sitting still, which I reviewed a uh, Chinese film, but uh, nevertheless has the same, same idea of these characters that don't know each other at the beginning of the films. They're strangers, but they live kind of uh, in the same, they, they live in the same vicinity and, the, and they're, they're, they intersect. So the idea of like life's intersecting, I feel like that is a, you know, at least in American cinema is a trope that you see less and less. It was very popular, I think, in the '90s, and it kind of it's faded. It was more like singular pieces, um, but this this certainly would fall in in that department about characters kind of uh, who don't know each other at the beginning, 
they, they, we, we get a snapshot of each of their lives and the story and the action plot has these has them intersect at certain important moments and then they become central kind of uh, people in, in one another's lives and the other so so you have the main character that we mentioned and you have the um, uh, the young lady um, uh, by Duna is the actress's name um, and uh, she she plays as someone who works as a, 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 a in the apartment buildings, but also lives there as a maintenance kind of bookkeeper for the apartment complex. And she's sort of aloof. Um, the description on here on Wikipedia says an ignorant maintenance worker, which I wouldn't. That seems like a bad description. Uh, she's not ignorant necessarily. She aspires to be famous. She's sort of like naive and aloof. And I I uh, extremely re- related to this this particular character. I thought it was. It was well played and just just like a nice uh a really like a, a character um that you're were really rooting for has a, had a good heart and uh was sort of like the i think the more the moral f- uh center of the film because the the main character let's be honest is is a sociopath i mean he he, not, he tries to kill the first dog he locks it in the basement only to have it be eaten by the janitor and then later on he actually does throw another dog off of the off of the roof and he's not a very good person, but I think you know, he struggles with that. And at the end, he sort of comes to a conclusion. It's a very good ending. I think it's a it's a it's a beautiful ending that sort of leaves leaves where these characters are at in their lives ambiguous, uh, kind of in, a, in an ambiguous way. Um, that's why I would say it's not a comedy because I think the the you know and and possibly this is the translate you know what's lost in translation for me. Uh, you know I can't. I can't say that um, I couldn't see the comedic elements. I mean, there were certainly some kind of slapsticky elements in, in, a, in a way, um, but it was done done so that it didn't. It, I just don't read comedy right off the bat. I guess I I, I don't read drama either. So I guess I would, I would have to do dramedy, even though it's just I don't know if that's correct either. I think that's the closest. Now here we are on genre talk, where I spend. Um, Way too much time talking to myself uh, like a fool about what genre, what singular genre, a film. I, I you know, black com. I guess I have to go black comedy. Let me look at the movies I have listed here. If I, I might have to add another singular, because um, this is this is what I would call a darker black comedy. All right, let me go through. I'm gonna go through all. I have seventy movies, I think, or so. I can actually look that up. That number up exactly. Uh, on here that I have, oh, f- only fifty-eight. So I'm gonna quickly look through fifty-eight movies here. Nope, none of these are dark comedies. Uh, what did I put? Entertain the, the Rick Alverson movies are I, those are those are tough ones too because I, I don't know, I had any idea how to. Um, the Double by Richard Iote. That might be that. That might be. Um, yeah, you know, I think that is a black comedy. If I had to do black comedy on that one, I think that's one. So I'm gonna go through here. Uh that's just that's the only one I, so far. Nope, none of those other ones. Um, Submarine. I guess his other film too is sort of a black comedy as well. Um, 
No, you know that's more of a that's more of a dramedy because that has like a heart to it, whereas the double I feel like was truly dark. All right, none of these. No, 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 none of these. All right, so I I guess I'll I can change the, the designation to to adding black comedy to the mix as a genre. Uh, I like the term black comedy and sort of I think that's the better term than dark comedy. Um, but other than that, what else do I say about Barking Dogs Never Bite? It's an interesting title, that's for sure. Uh, there's a lot going on in this film. Like there's a lot of beautiful little moments uh there's a fight that the uh unemployed professor has with his his uh is it wife or um yes yeah, preg she's pregnant which is another kind of angle to this it's kind of uh, adds everything more fucked up because how, how how like unhinged this guy is um he uh he gets into a fight with his wife and they argue about how long how how, how far away the store is and he says it's it's at least 100 meters and she says it's no more than 50 meters and so they he rolls a to piece of uh, toilet paper down the hill which is a 100 meter long roll of toilet paper and you and you never see where it goes but just the act of doing that uh just showed you uh you know this guy is a this guy can make a film and this is this is you know it doesn't matter what language it's in um guy's quite a filmmaker and this one was really good i gave it a nine i give it a solid nine uh out of ten i don't think it's a classic i mean but it's a, for our first film pretty damn good and uh it obviously speaks to what kind of the quality of films that would come um and i had my issues with okja and and submarine and uh i'm sorry uh snow snow piercer uh isn't necessarily a masterpiece. I think it's a very good movie. I think I would put rate this even higher than that if I'm doing the rankings. Kind of what I what I've what I've seen. Obviously, Parasite is a, a modern classic. I think it's an instant stone cold classic. Um, and then you have I would put the second so far, and then I would go uh, Snowpiercer and Okja. So there's my there's the of the four uh, of seven uh, Bong Joon Ho movies I've seen. I've done a quick little ranking. And I'll, I'll do, I'll probably, you know, actually, I don't want to say what I'm going to do because I don't have any plans to watch any of his mo other movies until after episode 300. And I feel like the, that's when I'm going to change up the format and everything. So I'm not going to say anything. I'll, I will figure it out when I get there. But I enjoyed this one. This was really good. And um, it's on Hulu, I should mention. So if you um, have, uh, as, of, as of right now, it's still on Hulu, uh, as, as I believe a couple of his earlier films are. Got to check on that. Um. Yeah, search this out if you can find it. It might be on Canopy and uh, Hoopla as well. Also, if you have a library card, if you have a library card, check it out. It's worth it's worth your time. It was uh, it was a really good one. Uh, so there you go. After the break, bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. Coming at you live from <laughs> the uh, to the second half of episode two ninety six of the movie review show hosted by Jeff. Jeff's the movie review show hosted by Jeff. The show you're listening to have been if you're on the movie review show dot blogspot dot com website or at the uh, band camp where we host uh, these uh, episodes in full and have been for half a decade. Um, it's a gift that keeps on tearing me into uh, into a shred of the uh, of a person I, I once was. Uh, it's the ROI. We talk about the ROI. 
folks. That's the return on investment. This is a, a negative and then some. Anyway, we're 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 barreling towards episode three hundred. I'm feeling pretty good today. Uh, although I'm going to keep this episode short because I don't have a ton to say about this film. And also, uh, this guy Sam Peckinpah. Uh, he's a guy you might even have heard of. Have you have you seen him? Have you heard about him? Sam Peckinpah. The Wild Bunch. Straw Dogs. Um, and I, I, I got in my head confused with, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know who I confused him with, but I, I thought he was, he was Sam Peckinpah was, I guess just cause of the wild. I don't know. I, I, I thought he was a guy who was one of those directors who made like 47 Western movies, but as it turns out, he's, he's got a much tighter filmography. I mean, just in terms of uh number of films, I think there's thir- 12 or 13 that he directed. So it's a little more accessible than I, I had any idea. Um, going going into this one. This was 1974. Uh, Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia, and this is one of our classic true random episodes. Uh, true random is when I go to a random movie title generator, and it is true random because it, it does take uh, any. Uh, it gives it using the using the IMDb database, so it has to be in the the I I M the IMDb database, the database database has to be in the database but i use all the filters so it can be any language and any any uh score and any film in the database from the year 1900 till now is eligible and if and uh, the caveat being i have to i have to be able to locate this film by hook or by crook uh streaming or other means um in the world uh because if i can't watch it i can't review it baby so that's how that's that. And I, with this one, I did this was this one got a re-release, uh, a re uh, 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 got refurbed, as it were. Bring me the head of Alfredo Garcia. I watched it the other day in, in, in two segments. It's a little under two hours. Uh, it is, um, you know, he, he clearly Mr. Peckinpah, and and I've learned a little bit about him. This is this is at the this is on the the back side, the back nine, if you will. This is on the this is on the peck and paw back, peck and paw in back nine, uh, in the latter stage of his career. He went he would go on to make, um, uh, several several more, um, f- uh, films after this. But this is clearly after his made major success. He filmed this in Mexico City. For what I can read, this was kind of uh, he couldn't get funding to make movies in the states, so he 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 made this uh in you know uh. Um, Mexico or something like that. I don't. Know. I don't really know. Uh, I didn't do that much research. Come on, what did you expect? And I also don't want to go into it because I do think I am going to do a um, a peck and paw in a peck and paw uh, director focus at some point. At some point, peck and paw. It's a great last name. Great sounds cool. Peck and paw. Uh, he's not on here, so I'm going to add him to my list of. And this list is, if you want to know the truth, this list is his balloon to like fifty filmmakers. That I want to go watch all of their movies or rewatch all of their movies um, at some point. So it's one of these ta- I, I create tasks for myself that are um, unfeasible and uh, uh, un, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, unyieldy. Unyieldy. You'll see how 
I did here. Unyield, unyield, unwieldy, unwieldy. Yes, I'm un- oh, sorry. Here we go. Really? Did you hear that? Unwieldy. Difficult to carry move because of its size. So it's a metaphorical on un- the metaphorical. Unwieldy. And so we, uh, you know, that's what we do here um, on the show. But anyway, I, I give this an eight. Uh, I, I'm going into it a little more detail on the written side of this review. So if you want to check that out at the movie review, the movie review show, the movie review show when I post the written review of this, um, you'll uh, get to see some more thoughts I have about this. I don't want to go into, so I don't want to kind of uh, go into detail about the 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 idea that it's, it's treatment of women is, and I get it, 1974, uh, different times, but still, I can't even imagine for 94, 19, at 1974's level that this wasn't just completely um, out of line. And maybe speaks to something deeper in the peck and paw in um, au revoir that I, au revoir, or au revoir, au revoir, au revoir. Another word that I, I must have, um, I never know how to spell it. And when I, when I try and look it up, I, 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 I'm so bad at spelling that word. I just, I have to learn this. A director's body of work is called an au revoir, au revoir. Um, body of work, another name. I, I'm so far off with the spelling. Oh, okay. It's the O, O E. One of the weirdest spell words in the in the, in the dictionary. And um, this is Ovra. Ovra. I, I thought I pronounced it pretty well the first time. Ovra. I don't know anything about the film the uh, the of Sam Peckinpah, so I can't speak to it. Closely, maybe this is the only film where he treats women like garbage. Um, but anyway, I get, it, I get I'm going to get more into it in the written review and just show you one example if you can stomach it. <laughs> you can uh, trigger warning, trigger warning. Um, there's a little side area to the Google page for. And it has uh, it says work of art, and then underneath it says modernist art, and it has um, Nighthawks, American Gothic, and then Mickey. What is this Mickey painting? Oh, Damien Hirst Mickey. I never never saw this. Damien Hirst did a Mickey painting of his dots. Him and his dots. He's famous for his dots. See everyone. The he's the dot guy. Art. Can we talk about art for a second? Art. What is it? Why do we need it? Why do we like it? What does it mean? Uh, if you if you removed any of that, and I'm not I'm not even dis, like I I I tried to not I, I I treated the the misogyny in this film as neither here nor there. 1974 is it bad? Does it have any? Did a lot of it have anything to do with the movie? Not really. Um, there's a rape scene with Chris Christopherson, who that's his only scene, and it doesn't further the dynamics or the plot or how we feel about these characters in any way, shape or form could have just been scrapped and the movie could have been 10 minutes shorter and no one would have been worse to wear. Uh, it's, it's a blight, frankly, on the, the, the fine career of Chris Christopherson. And um, go on and on about that. So I tried to not, I didn't, I didn't factor that in. And should I have, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I, I feel like not pointing it out would be weird, but also at the same time, I'm like, I'll just, Let's just grade the movie 
without that in it. And I'm and if you can't turn that off in your brain, then I I appreciate that, and I think that's fine. I just that's why I think as a reviewer, though, it's it's, it's to be um, worth um, uh, pointing out because I think there's some there's some examples of of uh, mistreatment of female characters on screen that uh, is you know obviously virtue signaling is a is a word that people uh, <laughs> like to throw around these days. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just point this out, and I don't think it has anything to do with the movie, and I don't think that it furthers anything about the movie. But there are examples of it where I think, like, I always think back to this the classic Roger Ebert review of Blue Velvet, where he where he went on and on about uh, Isabella Rossellini and how she was treated, in this, and she and he that to me is one of the first examples of virtue signaling because I think I, I look at that performance, I don't see. I don't. I don't see a lot of misogyny in David Lynch's work. Now I'm. A, I'm a, what you might call a stan and an apologist, and I'm. I'm fine with that. Uh, either. Either or both. And um, you know, I'm kind of. I've kind of gone off the rails here, but I. I see something like this, and I see something like that as two totally different things. One is an intricate moment in the in the film, and uh, is is. So important to to what to, to the arc and to the whole point of the of the film, and then you have something like this, which just seems like uh, unnecessary. But given given when it was made and, and who made it, and that I'm not familiar with the rest of the work to give it a kind of to, to frame it in any kind of broader context, I and I'm not really familiar with a lot of early seventies films in general are not something that I have a huge. I've, I've, I haven't seen a lot of classic seventies still. So I'm trying to correct that record, and I think if I had a better context, I could give you more uh, to to what that me- what that means, what that what this violence towards women means in the movie. But I, uh, because I don't, I just I'm choosing to put it to the side and just kind of say this this is here though. Uh, so that that put to the side, what you have here is a is a fairly enjoyable uh, and well put together film. Um, kind of hits on some some tropes. Uh, of this genre, but it's a generally pretty great performance by a guy I'm not familiar with um, at all. I can't even say the name was even on uh, in my in my radar. Warren Oates is the lead guy here, um, and he, you know, first he's wearing sunglasses all the time. I'm like this guy just like drunk on set all the time. He might be one of those like, hard. He, he comes across one of those hard older act old olden times actors who's like a little bit past his prime in the '70s making this film. But it kind of works for what the what the movie is, and he, he's uh, it's it's a great kind of it's a great kind of hard performance. It's just like kind of great, just like um, plays this wet. He's, he's a real weathered guy, and it's over the top. And I'll cut out a couple of the over the top moments and and the and kind of overacting. But I feel like it, it, acting then was a lot of overacting. And it's kind of great in that way, in that weird kind of like I'm watching something from another time, and uh, this is how they did it back then. And it's kind of I don't I, I've already left reality. I've chosen to leave reality by uh, pressing the old play button. Um, so I you, you get in you get you know it's an escapist medium, and uh, I am a huge fan of that. And by its very nature, uh, some people. Are, are going to have problems with with this, and especially in 2020, watching old movies. I'm sure there's some brains out there, and I call these people but I think a lot of people are going to have a difficult time maybe um, processing 
older films just by their very nature and how they how they flow and how they look um it also uh, you you i can appreciate the, the realness of the um uh stunt work and some of the fight scenes you know obviously there's no cgi so there there there's you see you see some people who are like you know driving cars into crowds and you're like oh my shit they could have killed like seven people in real life there um and i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate that and uh it's a, just a good unhinged performance it gets it gets it gets wilder uh exponentially wilder as the film goes on uh to till the end the end is just um you know the last 20 minutes of this are pretty pretty wild and pretty great uh from an action standpoint and what would you call this film um that's 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 a that's a fun thing i've been having lately trying to narrow down to a certain uh a neo-western a neo-western jesus christ i gotta grapple with that I guess I didn't. Even, it didn't seem like a western. The way I think of westerns, I guess it kind of was a western. Um, I guess I, I guess you have to call this a, a western, even though it doesn't. It didn't seem like a western. I guess it does have that same kind of outlaw feel to it, though. Uh, we'll call it. We'll call it a uh, a western. Is Isela Isela Vega is the lead at Mexican? She's a Mexican actress. Um, so that she can speak English and Mexican and Mexican and Spanish and, and Mexican. Uh, boy. Uh, but yeah. Um, I guess it was made on a low budget. It looks good for being made on a low budget at the time. Um, one point five million estimated, and it didn't do well. I guess it, I guess it's gotten a bit of a cult reception at this point. It was listed in the 1978 book as one of the 50 worst films of all time. Who wrote that book? Harry Medved. Not familiar with him. I wouldn't. I, I'm going to give it a, an eight. I think it's. An, I think eight is a good is a good um, uh, score for this. With the caveat of the whole, you know, as aforementioned, um, all the all the. Uh, Odd misplaced violence towards women thing, uh, putting that to the in this little nook over here, and saying, "I see you, I hear you." I'm making jokes about it, but it's not. It's not funny. It's also not funny that we've come to the end of, the, of, of this edition of the show. Uh, episode two ninety six is in the books. Here's the sound of me closing a book, and I'm gonna say goodbye. And uh, next up. We will finally finish the Christopher Guest full-on, full, on, full uh, director focus. I won't be doing a full episode of that. Uh, I'll just be reviewing the one movie I, had, I have not reviewed yet, which is I'll leave that to be a surprise because it's one that I didn't. I almost glossed over. It's so uh, uh, insignificant and funny that it even exists at all. That'll be on the next episode of the show. Please take care of yourself and each other. <laughs>